1: Please rise for their majesties of royally obsessed—the podcast for all things royals. Stand by. Three cheers for Her Majesty the
0: Queen. Rachel, happy the Crown Day to you, (laughs) my lady. The Crown Release
1: Day. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) What a week this has been.
0: I know. I can't wait to dig in with you. Of course, welcome back to Royally Obsessed. It is kind of like our Super Bowl today. It's really exciting. Season five is out. Yeah. Oh, before we kick off the episode, follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and send us an email. We like hearing from you guys. Tell us your thoughts on the new season. If you have watched what you think, if you're only one episode in, we'd love to hear. Info at gallerypodcasts.com. I'm Roberta. Oh, I'm Rachel. forgot that part. And we have so much to talk about,
1: including, obviously, the Crown release. But what else? The Royals have been out and about, of course. Yes, they are back. So we are, in addition to the Crown, as you mentioned, talking about Kate and William. They are back on the scene and wearing a lot of monochromatics. I can't wait to talk about that with you, Roberta. We have, I think, I'm going to say it, a date for Harry and Meghan's docuseries. We're going to discuss that. Also, they had a date night. Christmas concert news, Earthshot news, our own Boston event news. I had to say that with a huge amount of effect. That and so much more coming up. But Roberta, just happy to be across from you, sadly via Zoom, but always happy to see your face.
0: I wish we were watching The Crown together and sipping this wonderful peak fall cocktail. And now it's time
1: for the weekly royal cocktail.
0: It's an apple cider margarita that we have for our royal refreshment today. And... Rachel, this recipe, everyone should write this down for Thanksgiving. I feel like this is a perfect Thanksgiving it's cocktail, and it's so good. I have a giant. I don't know if you can see this giant ice cube in mine. It's Ooh, like the
1: perfect. cocktail Do you have like a special?
0: Cube. Yeah, we cube have huge. Uh, yeah, we have giant. Um, <laughs> like all different shapes too like giant cubes and circles it's really fun that's actually like really ice good cubes. christmas <laughs> gift idea like yeah, why have i not yeah. thought of that for, for people Matt, that's who a like, really
1: good one making drinks
0: um okay so the cocktail Wait, but what's it, in it yeah yeah, it's fresh apple cider, a pinch of cardamom, lemon juice, the gold tequila, which side note, I never know what to use gold tequila in. So this is perfect because we have a lot and I never use it. And then Grand Marnier or any orange liqueur. And then obviously a salt rim, garnish with an apple. I feel like a dried apple slices look beautiful. I didn't put any garnish on mine because I was a little lazy, but – as I used apple cider for my pantry, too, and it's really good. It's delicious. It just feels
1: like it just really warms you up. Well, cheers, Roberta. I do want to ask before we dive in, how are you? How was your weekend? It's been a bit of a week. We've had the election. You also had a massive mega family visit over the weekend.
0: I had my parents in town in Philly, and it was so much fun. And we were, you know, T- it was, it's always fun to be a tourist in your own city. So we did like the Rocky steps of so the art museum and all that. And the whole weekend, just like not to be so hyperbolic, but it was like warm fuzzies all weekend. Like we had such a great time exploring and, um, and yeah. And then election day, Rachel, how was your weekend before all of that? The oh, mine was fine. A-
1: I think the only news alert that I wanted to share with this particular audience that is top line news is that I officially got my red centelar coat tailored <gasps> this weekend. Oh, tailored. <laughs> and, you know, well, and I and I learned this really awesome nugget from the seamstress that I've taken forever to locate in Brooklyn. She shared that one of the top requests that she's getting right now is, well, it's two things. One, a lot of people are coming to her to make Diana's revenge dress from scratch. Oh, And the wow. other one is to make Meghan Markle's green dress that she wore to Commonwealth Day In March 2020 with the big cape that she gets is like one of her top requested dresses to be made i thought that was fascinating anyway that feels like a very hard outfit to pull off but i think that i know where do you wear
0: that i mean the cape silhouette is definitely back in i think but that's so interesting oh my gosh fascinating i want to see some of the i hope if anyone is listening that requested these dresses you need to send us a picture i thought it was a
1: great insight so that was my weekend the red coat but okay let's get Wait, no. side note though rachel did you ever get your karen millen dress Oh, I did. I did. That's actually part two of why, why I was there. And if you'll allow me to go on this tangent. I learned so Please. much about the art of a good just adjustment because I was like, it's a little too tight. I really Ugh. loved it, but it was just a little too tight feeling. And I was convinced that it was my waist and my chest. And she was like, no, it's. I brought it to her. The seamstress, That's fantastic. And it's the sleeves. She said mm. that it's the way that she basically has to adjust. I'm gesturing to my armpits here. And mm-hmm. if she fixes where it falls on my shoulders and in my armpits. It will lift everything up so it's fitting correctly. I think I'm mm-hmm. a little bit like short-waisted. Is that the correct term? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am just obsessed with seamstresses. This is how the royals do it, but the Karen Millen dress will live on. I'm keeping yes. it. Yes. <laughs> I'm so excited Aren't you to glad see glad you, you asked it. that question? I took I'm us so glad. way off track.
0: <laughs> um, before we get into our listener email, I feel like we have to acknowledge what a week – Election day. I went to the polls in person yesterday. I that's the first time I've ever done it. I've always voted by mail. And it was really an experience that was kind of moving for me. And I think I had it's so fun to vote in person. Yeah, yeah. And to see everyone there. And like there's just camaraderie in the community, which I think we lacked a lot during the pandemic. And I feel like, you know, I know some of my neighbors a little bit better now. And so yeah, I hope everyone is okay and and hanging in there from uh, what a wild midterm
1: election season this was. I am so glad for the TV ads to end. I cannot. I know. Wait. Although they'll kick off her presidential very soon. I was going to say that amazing nugget from Megan. I do really like that we get that glimpse. It was shared a picture of her v- with the voting sticker on the Archwell website. I just thought that was fun. And yeah. as we discuss the merch for Archwell, so fab. <laughs> we, of course, have royally obsessed merch, just a. Let's tiny plug. <laughs> when is that Archival hat dropping because I feel like it's going to sell out.
0: Um okay Listener email from Meredith. We're sorry it's taken us so long to read. She sent this back in August, but it, it's amazing, and we need to read it. She says, hi, ladies. I love the pod. And she continues, I wanted to share my most significant royal encounter. I think you'll get a kick out of it. One day in May of 2018, I popped out for lunch and noticed 10 to 15 people gathering in front of a major bank headquarters. There was a small security presence, but no press. About two minutes after I arrived, Prince William exited the bank prince william i mean just pause that's amazing she was just right there this was about three <laughs> days before harry and megan's wedding and just a few weeks after louis had been born so people in the crowd were congratulating him on all the exciting news he was gracious and friendly and he put on a wide smile despite all the drama that we now know is happening behind the scenes meredith also said it was amazing to be in london the week before harry and megan's wedding there was so many weird like branded moments that they like brands jumped on the opportunity to get a piece of the wedding hype and so there was like a, a royal sushi royal wedding sushi bento box that she sent us a picture of uh in a restaurant window so it's just funny that is such a
1: flashback to a very specific
0: moment in time that we now know a lot more about i feel like
1: what was i wonder on. if we'll see the same degree of merch with the coronation like and and those kind of, that kind of branding like what will Prince Charles's face? Oh my gosh, King Charles, what is wrong with me, Roberta? But C- what will King Charles's face <laughs> be on come May next year? The Prince of Wales role. <laughs> I, I will get carried away. Amazing. Okay, you're so good at that too. Okay, this week in royal history. And now, this week in royal history. We're flashing back to November 9th, 1985. America officially welcomed Charles and Diana to the U.S. It was her very first time touching down on U.S. soil. By the way, she was 24 years old. I feel like that fact was lost on me, however many times we reference this moment. She was so young, but I think... That's how we constantly feel about Diana through the whole thing. Anyways, they came to see the treasure houses of Britain at the National Gallery of Art in Washington, D.C., but they stayed, of course, famously to whirl around a ballroom with Travolta. That was Diana, dropped by a J.C. Penny. This was connected to promoting British exports and tend to a few of their causes. Diana visited a drug addiction and rehab center, and Charles was heavily involved in some architecture causes while he was here. So it was a three-day trip. This was also on the heels of the TV interview that we talked about last week, which I found out aired, and I didn't realize this last week, about a 25-minute version of that interview that they gave ahead of their visit aired on 2020, just ahead of Touching Down in D.C. So it really was kind of a PR campaign to ready all of those in the U.S. for Diana and Charles's arrival and to kind of debunk a lot of what was being said about them in the press because it was their first interview since getting married. Okay, so, of course, Travolta, the most memorable part. Roberta, I want to play this clip of John himself flashing back with Inside Edition. Nancy
0: Reagan uh, tapped on my shoulder and said, the princess, her fantasy is to dance with you. Would you dance with her tonight? And I said... Well, of, of course, my heart starts to race, you know, and I tap her on the shoulder and she turns around and looks at me and she had that, that, that kind of bashful dip that she did. And she looked up at me and I said, would would you care to dance with me? And she said, yes.
1: <laughs> it's the breathy yes
0: for me. <laughs> same. She also danced with Neil Diamond, right? I think that was the same night. And the factoids shared by White House photographer Pete Souza, I always think of those for that event and how fascinating it was that she was, you know, just so smitten with these American actors and musicians. It's amazing.
1: And that they danced to, like, his It – wasn't it Grease songs? Like, it was yeah. Saturday Night Fever Megamix. There was no – cameras other than Pete Souza, like no, you know, no one was in there beyond the White House photographers. And, you know, just looking back at this again, like the videos of the crowds, it was like Beatlemania almost, just the Mm -hmm. excitement. But it was all about Diana. And they even talk about in the coverage, looking back to 1985, that her, the press secretary and people accompanying them were peppered with questions about not about anything other than, you know, Diana's outfits? Did she personally invite Tom Selleck to that White House dinner? Did she also watch Magnum P.I. in her spare time? I think that that <laughs> was It's just very fascinating to, to I read. think this is a, a moment where you say that that
0: interview aired in the U.S., a, a snippet of it for, you know, this PR play that they were doing. And I feel like this is one of those moments where the cracks begin to show. It's not just the media, like, making something out of nothing. It's actually... That Charles was really bothered by the way that he was pushed to the side and she was such a superstar. And I think that, like, we'll see that play out in the crown for full view. And I think that's really, it's going to be really emotional, a roller coaster
1: this mm-hmm. coming week, weekend, month, whenever I have time to know, watch. however fast we watch it, we need a fast clip, right? Um, I know, do you think William and Kate, because they're about to set foot on U.S. soil, obviously not their first time, but do you think that they'll do a similar interview or PR play just to really kind of give us some more access to their personal life?
0: I feel like they should. Yeah, it's a smart idea. Even like just Harry and Meghan had Oprah. I think that the royals are opening up more to the press on their own terms. And I think it would just be so smart of them to do, you know, I feel like the American media plays pretty nice with the royals compared to the tabloids. And so I feel like it would be in their best interest. It'll be so celebrated if they do. So we'll have to. Yeah, they
1: can choose carefully. But I think just anytime we hear from them directly and get those personal insights, it's so it goes over so well. Um, Quick honorable mention in the history section. Happy birthday, Lady Louise. She turned 19 on Election Day for the U.S. (laughs) November 8th this week.
0: Happy birthday, Lady Louise.
1: I want to see more of her. That's me too. Just a final note there. All right.
0: First up for our Royal News Roundup the Waleses are back. They're back. So last Thursday, our last episode aired, but also Kate and William made a joint appearance, and that was to Scarborough. They donated, in addition to making this appearance and visiting a bunch of different mental health organizations, they donated over $350,000 to these organizations in a partnership with their royal foundation. I feel like this is big because it feels like if anyone were to say, well what do these visits do? What do they actually do? This is such a show of like we're doing the work. We're taking the action. Um this donation, hopefully, you know, that's going to go a long way. That's a huge amount, a third of a million dollars. So Good for them for doing that, and we'll see if they do more of that in their future visits. Then Kate stepped out for a rugby game. It was the quarterfinals of the Rugby League World Cup on Saturday. I mean, I loved the red outfit. what what's your I feel like we have to talk about the monochrome really quick.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm just I'm so into it. I think it looks so stunning. And I feel like I'm really starting to insert more of that as much as I can into my wardrobe. It kind of just figures it out for you as you style. Oh, look. But what, what, what was your thought? It's an easy shortcut. I
0: have to jump ahead and say that I'm really obsessed with the Hobbs London coat she wore today for her visit to Colm Children's Center. This was olive green. It's not crazy out of reach price-wise. I feel like it's like 300 300- pounds, like definitely something I would save up for, but also not an Alexander McQueen. And the color was gorgeous. And I agree. It's such a shortcut for fashion and fall is to just all go all the same color. And I feel like I have permission now to totally go all in with
1: that. Their coat game is always so good. I was just going to so say, good. it's always the coats for me that get me with the Royals. It's like, that's, I, I think my whole life I've had just sort of a coat obsession. I have, you know, it's just... The easiest way to add so much polish. It really is. And it seems like
0: Kate was good luck flashing back to Saturday because England won over Papua New Guinea and now they advance. They're going to play again this Saturday. So I'm sure she'll be there maybe with one of the kids, maybe with William. So it'll be exciting to see. But it seems like they're back, and we're hitting fall running, so it's just uh, it's exciting. But, Rachel, let's get into the next bit I know. Bit I'm of so news. happy
1: to see them. I really am. I've missed them, and it's just uh, all the causes that they are attached to are so wonderful. All right. Well, I just want to ask, Roberta, the docuseries that we are expecting from Harry and Meghan, Oman Scobie had this op-ed, on Yahoo that had a major Easter egg that I don't feel like has been properly picked up, but he mentions in the parenthetical that the book will be released one month after the Sussex's forthcoming docuseries drops. So first, I just want to apologize to you because Roberta... Had the day off, and <laughs> the number of times that I texted you and said, I'm so, so, so sorry. But like, this feels very urgent to me. And <laughs> I think everything felt I urgent. Love the text. But, but this, and you were so kind back, you were like, this is an urgent text. It Rachel. is because
0: um, this has gotten no attention in the press. And we definitely have a docuseries release date now. I'm not going right? to, you know, put Omen on the spot, but I feel like this is all but a confirmation that it is coming out in December which December is 10th.
1: so soon. That's like two weeks away right now. And Because one month before is December 10th, correct? I mean, I just take his, you know, I, I feel like Omid wouldn't have dropped that there if it wasn't confirmed.
0: And the only people that picked it up are Yahoo so far, which is the source of, you know, that's where Omid is royal editor. And so I feel like that feels like they knew this was a bombshell, but then no one picked it up. So now they're publishing it again as its own story. But the Back and forth about whether Harry's fighting to get it to be moved in time with his memoir. So being pushed a month to January is interesting because you and I talked about this and there was so much hubbub about the memoir getting rewritten and all these big edits after the Queen passed. And so it seems like if Harry, I I just don't think I believe that Harry would be fighting to change the date. I think Netflix is working with them on this. Well,
1: right, because Omid also in this piece debunked that. He said that, a, in this memoir, Harry isn't going to quote-unquote trash his family. He adds that there were no last-minute rewrites after the Queen's death. That book, The book was actually finished five months before the Queen passed away, and there's a note at the start that attests to that. So I don't think Omen has seen a copy. He didn't say that for sure, but he had some good sourcing on that. So I do think all the hubbub about... Harry really wanted the date Hubub, We love the, the docuser- word hubbub. hubbub. It's a great word, hubbub. It's easy. Wanting the date shifted to be in line with his memoir release in January is a question mark. I will say, I'm not sure what to expect from this docuseries. I'm kind of like a little nervous for it, to be totally honest, because it's like an intimate look. It sounds like the cameras are rolling all these times. Like, do you want that, you know? chaos of press to descend on you when it's the holiday season. I'm not sure, but I, I don't know what control it because, he has.
0: Yeah, and I feel nervous for it because Megan seems to feel nervous about it. Like she said in the yes. variety piece that this is not how they would have told their story, but they're kind of letting go and letting uh, Liz Garbus tell their story how she wants. And, and they so trust her. Yeah, But that's kind of a question mark for me. And so I'm nervous, too. I feel like they're not – Totally endorsing what people think about this. So, But
1: we'll are see. you saving the Netflix date of December 10th? Is that happening for our audience and everyone? I mean, like, that's what – I guess I wrote it in my calendar if I'm being fully <laughs> honest. I was like, I'm taking this as a date, but – You're taking the day off? Well, it's a Saturday.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. I so don't know. <laughs> no, I think like a month before his memoir comes out means more generally like within that week. Okay, so we're not taking it as Saturday. I don't think I'm just taking it as the this set in stone date, but I do feel like it's going to come out in early to mid December, and that's exciting. Just in itself, exciting.
1: Also, I wanted to talk about the ninth episode of Archetypes, which dropped. With uh, Megan's joined by Melody Hobson, Victoria Jackson to discuss the B word, but she also seems to address the Duchess difficult accusations. I wanted to play this clip from Megan. Okay, so calling someone the B word, labeling them as difficult, it's often a way to insult and dismiss someone. <laughs> I was talking to a good girlfriend of mine this past weekend, and when I saw her, she said something I had never. I heard before, and she said, well, isn't that a convenient villain? An assertive woman in a position of power being called the B word. How very convenient. But that's what happens when we label someone, a woman, especially one of these words. It becomes a way to take their power away, to keep them in their place. And a lot of times it's tied to the very women who have power and agency, as my friend was suggesting, who aren't comfortable being silent like businesswomen and entrepreneurs. I just thought this was an interesting but indirect insight, and it's definitely a single point of view. I was reading more about the UK Times had this op-ed that said, the Sussex Survivors Club was unavailable for comment with this episode. Um, But it does speak (laughs) to how much power Meghan has, having a microphone in front of her. And again, it's not overt in terms of talking about what happened to her. It's just an interesting parallel i have to say this
0: might be my favorite episode so far i hadn't heard about victoria jackson before and her conversation with megan was just so powerful i was so moved by everything she's lived through and done and then also melody hobson and then like there's a story about the orthodontist and having to pay for her own braces growing up and just like I, i i really felt like Megan's getting so good at interviewing, and this is – they've released it chronologically in that she's had so much practice at this point and is really getting good at asking these questions. And, yeah, I thought it was a really incredible insight into these people's lives that I really wouldn't have been introduced to otherwise, although Melody was a part of something Megan did
1: last year for the New York Times. but. I completely agree. I was going to say there's also, you know, I, I was kind of curious how many episodes we're predicting here. You know, do we have any mm-hmm. insight about the length of the season? And I, I originally thought I had written down 14. So I feel like I wonder we're where on... that came from, right? <laughs> we must have <laughs> that said that must that have come from somewhere. I feel really yeah. it had I kind come. of had that number in my head too. So someone must have oh, said that.
0: Yeah. So we're kind of getting close, like a, a
1: month out. So... Well, yeah, and then there was also this interesting story that popped up that there's a rumor that Megan extended an invite to Kate to appear on the show, which I'm pretty sure that's a false rumor. Did that but... come from this show? Because <laughs> <Yes>. I hope <laughs> I, it did. I know. I thought that was pretty funny because we've definitely heard from some Robros that are like, we would love to have Megan interview Kate and debunk a lot of the stuff that has happened. What them.
0: a dream. I do think the last episode is going to be someone really big. Like, I kind of feel like Taylor Swift because she's also so, you know announced her first tour in so long so that would be you don't think amazing. it'll be harry or somebody like that right i
1: feel eugenie? like it's got to
0: be a woman and i i don't know it would be cool if it was eugenie that would be cool. yeah too. it would be cool tell me about this date night they well took, yeah though, only because, because so i mentioned it at the top
1: i wanted to just quickly reference that we got uh saw some headlines that harry and megan scooted out for a under the radar date night at this restaurant called the duchess and if Roberta, foodie that you are, just click that link to the menu because oh, that's yes. more the story here, in my opinion. It's in Ojai, California. The menu looks delicious. We oh, would have one of each thing. My <laughs> gosh, do we know what they ordered? We don't. And then, and uh, uh, apparently they were very unbothered. Everyone left them alone, which is great. So I just want to. What is the menu.
0: Neman Ranch bacon? Oof, that's like just a side of bacon. Burmese fried chicken sandwich. I would literally eat everything on this menu. So that's how I'm I felt. So I got really
1: hungry looking at it. All right. Let's move on to <laughs> our Super Bowl. The
0: crown. I We're not
1: going to discuss because obviously it's yeah, too soon. Yeah, give the full disclosure on what we're doing now. Yeah. So no
0: spoilers. No spoilers, of course. It's, you know, we're recording this the day that it drops. So no season 5 spoilers, but we do want to preview that we're doing a special episode with Tariro Mazazewa. She's coming on the week of Thanksgiving to discuss all things The Crown season 5. We cannot wait. So we hope that you all will have watched by Thanksgiving. We will be dissecting everything with her. She's a writer. She wrote an incredible story about The Crown and Princess Diana for the New York Times. So if you have for time season to look 4, up, right?
1: Yeah. 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 We're psyched. But we'll give you guys some time to watch, is the point. And same for ourselves. <laughs> yes.
0: But we did dig into Elizabeth Holmes' Town and Country piece about Dominic West, the cover story, which amazing work, Elizabeth, friend of the pod. We're so proud of her. And this is really interesting. Dominic West is Team Charles. So I love this quote. He said, The trouble was Diana was such a superstar. She's got such star quality that he doesn't have. None of the royals do. And good, thank God, because their jobs are quite boring. Elizabeth writes, Wes starts laughing, but his reflection continues to a more contemporary place. We're finding it now with our prime ministers, and you have it with your presidents. It's exhausting having a high-octane leader who's very media savvy, he says. We long for the rather boring, sensible ones who are functionaries who get on with the job. I think that we are what I got from this whole article is that I think the criticism of the crown is a little bit unwarranted because I do think that one I think the royals don't hate it as much as we think they do. And here's why. Dominic West tried to resign from the Prince's Trust and Charles because it was like a conflict request. of interest, yeah. right? Yeah. And he denied his request. So I feel like that's one thing. Another thing is that this story Dominic West gave another interview last week to Radio Times in which he shared that he met Camilla at a party last year. This was in 2021. And she said – she, like, joking – she was laughing, joking with him. And she said, your majesty, to Dominic West. And I feel like they have a good laugh about it. And it's it's not as – everyone is up in arms about it. And the Judy Dench thing, yes, that's Camilla's friend. So I do think that maybe she was enlisted to kind of <laughs> – say that, <laughs> but I don't know if they're actually as freaked out as we all think they are. But anyways, I, I just like that quote. I feel like, you know, he Dominic also went on to say that Peter Morgan is open to making changes. And he also gave this defense for the criticism that the show has faced. He said, frankly, the monarchy has been through wars. If we can't get through a TV show, it's not on very firm foundation. I really Which, liked
1: that quote. I thought that was good. great. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a great piece. And congrats to Elizabeth Holmes. I also really like the detail that um, Dominic West, to get into character, needed to put the pinky ring on as the final step, and then he lost it during some scenes in Majorca. Uh, Just a great, great comprehensive look into his role and his perspective on it. And
0: being a father to the actor who's playing teenage Prince William, like, that was so funny. He's like, seen on West, like, went ham on the food on set. And then he was like, you know you have to do this take 20 times. And he was like, oh,
1: no. (laughs) Just, I'm like, just it's, wondering. It's good. for my. I'm just wondering for myself. Like I, you know, I ha- I can't wait to watch it. That's going to be tonight that I dig in. But I I just can't shake my like perspective on the the affair. I, that was one of my favorite shows that Dominic West was in. So I'm just oh, gonna have to like shed that. But I. It sounds like he really, based on what Leslie Manville says in the piece, that he really embodies the part.
0: Yeah, I mean, even like Dominic's bad press is kind of glossed over a little. It's like mentioned, but not really. But that whole thing with Lily James was. Wild, um, I can't wait. Rachel, are you watching it all tonight? I just have to pause to ask. Oh no, no, no! Oh, okay. It's going to be a
1: slow burn over the next week. Is my okay? Play. Save. I can't, but then I, I can't. I think I'm going to watch it again it. after that. I know. Yeah, I can't do it all in one shot because it's heavy. So I, you know, I have to. Well,
0: they're over an hour long. So I watched the first episode right before we recorded. I don't I'm not giving anything away. I don't think by saying this, but there is a cameo by Claire Foy, which is really good. It's really, really good. And then, yeah, there's also. um, Oh, 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 I loved that. There was this poking fun at the media kind of repeating the same stuff over and over like Balmoral's the queen's favorite house. They kind of like throw that out the window. Like, it, she literally says, like, that's not my favorite. I don't know. It's it's good. It's good. I feel like these things that we assume about the royals, like, the crown turns it on its head, and that's what makes it so good. So, But it's still fictional. Still fictional. And they have it in the description of the show. Oh. Like, you can't miss it. So I'm just
1: confused by all that. Or fictionalized, I should say. Yeah.
0: Before we adjourn the royal pod, quickly, our highs and lows. It's time for the royal highs and lows. My low is this (laughs) unfortunate news that Charles and Camilla got egged in York today. So they were in York for two days. This is their second day of their visit. And a protester was condemning, rightfully, Britain's history of slavery. But he lobbed eggs at the king and queen consort, and he missed. There was like some funny chatter online about close. He was very close. Someone was like if this was in New York, not York, they wouldn't have missed,
1: which I laughed. <laughs> at. But here's
0: a clip of some um some people in the crowd witnessing this.
1: Oh my
0: so they did actually stop the guy, and the crowd kind of jumped on him, and they were following that whole incident up by saying, like, God save the king, and really supportive. And so it was just this one person. But you can tell how embarrassed and shocked people are that this happened. I do feel like there are certain ways to protest that are okay, and this is not okay. And Charles and Camilla were so unruffled. You have to give them props for just how well,
1: they handled the whole situation. I know they kept just chatting and shaking hands, and really didn't didn't bad an eye didn't pay them. Yeah, yeah. Milo is this uh, revelation from the new book by Christopher Anderson called "The King: The Life of Charles III." He talks about Donald Trump's tweets in relation to the royals and the palace's reaction to them. We know that you know there's a lot of conversation about Trump making his way over to England. The Queen obviously met a lot of presidents, but um, he reveals in his book that. Trump tweeted that Kate only had herself to blame for those topless picks being published by Closer magazine, and apparently Charles William and Harry flipped out. He also talks about how Charles was really upset that Donald Trump tweeted and called him the Prince of Wales and W-H-A-L-E-S, which Camilla apparently thought was humorous. <laughs> he talks about how um, he also, Trump, r- said on a radio program once that he could have, quote, nailed Diana if he wanted to, but oh, only God. if she passed an HIV test.
0: Oh, just God. really is-
1: despicable, despicable stuff. And at first I was like, oh, this is hearsay, but then, I mean, I just don't know the total history of it, but these were actual tweets that Trump had shared over the years. It's very disturbing to me. Ugh, so disturbing. All right, my high
0: is this Christmas concert news. Mark your calendars for December 15th because Kate's second annual Christmas Carol concert is back at Westminster Abbey. It'll air Christmas Eve on ITV, but it will be filmed on December 15th. And its big focus is going to be on honoring the life and legacy of Queen Elizabeth II. So I'm really looking forward to how they'll do that. It was announced with this gorgeous illo of Westminster Abbey from Arlie Baudry Palmer. She's at HomeDrawn21 on Instagram. Rachel, I know that you have this bookmarked because you're about to oh, order yeah.
1: some cards. I'm from obsessed with it. And I'm also working on a royal family gift guide. Stay tuned on PureWow.com. So I, this, you know, I just feel like this is perfect fodder for that. But I wonder how Kate will top herself. I know. How will she
0: outdo herself with that piano recital? And also... So many people, I found this funny, asked if it was Kate's hand drawing and like – I actually co- thought
1: that first The too. cocktail
0: ring gave it away.
1: I feel like that was way too – I mean but it was, I was a beautiful also, ring but it was not Kate
0: to me. But
1: I know how talented she is though. I was like yeah, I wouldn't she, be surprised if she could dream up a creation like that People too. like
0: resurfaced the program she did for that christening and I was just blown away again by how – talented at drawing she is. All right, you're high, Rachel.
1: Okay, drum roll. First of all, Earthshot, we have the location confirmation. It's going to be at MGM Music Hall at Fenway. This is so exciting. We definitely thought it was JFK Library, but they're just a partner. But more importantly, we are going. Not to Earthshot necessarily, working on that, but we are hosting an event December 1st, 6 to 8 p.m. on Newbury Street. Details are coming. Roberta, are you so excited? I'm so
0: excited. I feel like we got such an incredible response when we posted about Earthshot and Boston Roro's wanting to show up and come out and hang out. And... I can't wait to meet you all. Please, please, please come to this event. We're so excited. We're going to have RSVPs. It's it's um going to be limited space obviously, but we are so so excited to meet the Boston community of
1: Raw Rose and just celebrate how awesome it is that Kate and we are going to be back in the US. It's been a while. Um and if you are going, we're going to get all these years. details up um check our Instagram account next week. If you're going, send us an email, info at with an com. Oh, that's going to be great. All right.
0: Just a reminder before we close, please, please, please leave us a royal rating if you enjoy the show. We love hearing your reviews. We would love five stars so much. And yeah, it just makes our day. So please do that. If you can, remember to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode and follow us on Instagram for all the latest updates. Also, all the Boston event updates. That's at Royally Obsessed Podcast. And email us info at gallerypodcast.com. Till next week.
1: God, God save, save the, the pod. pod. Her majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at royallyobsessedpodcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a Gallery Podcast
0: production.